Welcome to All About Data on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jory Heckman. Welcome to All About Data, a conversation with chief data officers and the people who are making data work better in government. My guests today are Chris Rotler, the chief data officer for the Food and Nutrition Service at the Agriculture Department, and Freddie Diaz, the deputy chief data officer for USDA. Gentlemen, thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, and a lot to get into here. I just wanted to start out briefly by you guys just introducing yourselves and your agencies a little bit more fully. What can you tell us about USDA and the Food and Nutrition Service? Yeah, so um, my name is Freddie. I'm the Deputy Chief Data Officer at USDA, where you know I support the Chief Data Officer in developing and executing our USDA data strategy efforts and working closely you know, with our Assistant Chief Data Officers across USDA uh, like Chris. I'm Chris Rotler. I, I lead the, the data team here at the Food and Nutrition Service, which is one of many mission areas at USDA. FNS administers programs you've probably heard of, SNAP, WIC, the National School Lunch Program. Um, so I manage the team here. All right. Excellent. And just to get started here, I understand you guys have been really hard at work with rescaling and upscaling the workforce to be a little more data savvy. One effort that we've been tracking is USDA's data science training program. Chris, can you tell me a little bit about that program, how it got started, and where things stand with it? Happy to. So my team developed the data science training program as a pilot three years ago, just for the Food and Nutrition Service. It started with about 20 people. Uh, it was based on findings from a data skills assessment, and that was sent to all frontline managers and supervisors across all of USDA. So that assessment specifically, it uncovered a few things, the baseline of data skills, not just at USDA, but at FNS, and it also identified the gaps and the needs of our people from those supervisors' perspective. Uh, at FNS, what we found was that our people really needed training on open source languages like R and Python. We have a lot of SAS coders, and they also needed training on how to utilize USDA suite of data science tools, uh, which is known as EDAPT or the Enterprise Data Analytics Platform. So we did a couple of things. We procured a training software for the coding piece of the program, but my team also developed a, a custom curriculum around that that brought in USDA data and also utilized EDAPT. So, you know, we could kill two birds with one stone. Uh, after the first year, we presented the results of the program to other chief data officers here at USDA. And many of them asked if they could send some of their analysts. So in the second year, we went from 20 people to about 100. And that increase was a bit nuts administratively, but we, we made it work. And in this third year of the program, we partnered with Freddie and his team to do a few things. You know, one, one is to help evolve and administer the program. Uh, and the second is to work together to really scale it and, and sustain it moving forward. And that piece is what we're really focusing on this year. Uh, and the cohort this year went from, after we offered up the program, went from 100 from last year to 160 people across USDA. So we actually had to cut off the registration because it was just getting out of hand. Um, but the, the program itself has also become a bit more substantial. We, we now offer a beginner's track, an intermediate and advanced track. And on top of that, we also allow 
the cohort to specify a language that they want to focus on, whether it's R or Python. And also with Freddie's team, we've also started offering more robust code chats, lecture series. We have a facilitators network that Freddie spearheaded, bringing in people who are leading some of our, our courses. For example, last week, we had a, an expert walk uh, the cohort through generative AI and how it could be used at USDA. So there's a lot to it, and I'm really keeping things high level, but the program itself has become a major component of not just FNS's, but USDA's upskilling strategy uh, because it's working uh, and there's a huge demand to participate from across USDA. All right, and Freddie, we'll loop you into the conversation in just a moment here, but Chris, I did want to follow up with you on just that enterprise data analytics platform or EDAP. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and how that is a valuable, I guess, engine for all the data-centric work you guys are doing? It's a solution that brings in you know, data science capabilities, data visualization, uh, a data lake. And so it's a suite of analytic tools. And I think at its core, for me, from my perspective at FNS, it's very useful in that when we do approach our programmatic or operational partners, we don't really need to rehash the technology conversation, right? Um, we can really focus on the business questions. Um, and that's how it's been helpful for us. But I'm, I'm sure Freddie could speak more to EDAP. Yeah, I think Chris said it well. I think when EDAP was first created, it was to create a standard platform across USDA. So like USDA practitioners can focus on answering the business questions at hand and really getting to the meat of what they're trying to do with program and mission delivery and less on necessarily the technology specific barriers to try to answer some of those questions. Yeah, so EDAP is actually, uh, it was led by Chris Alvarez's team. So at the department level, um, and it's a solution that brings in you know, data science uh, capabilities, data visualization, uh, a data lake. Um, and so it's a suite of analytic tools. And I think at its core, for me, from my perspective at FNS, it's very useful in that when we do approach our programmatic or operational partners, we don't really need to rehash the, the technology conversation, right? Um, we could really focus on the business questions. Um, and that's how it's been helpful for us, but I'm, I'm sure Freddie could speak more to EDAP. Yeah, I think Chris said it well. I think when EDAP was first created, it was to create a standard platform across USDA. So like USDA practitioners can focus on answering the business questions at hand and really getting to the meat of what they're trying to do with program and mission delivery and less on uh, necessarily the technology specific barriers to try to answer some of those questions. Got it. And Freddie, we'll stay with you for a while longer here. Last year, USDA launched a new data strategy. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of the key pillars of that and some of the action items and some of the things that are closest at hand as far as implementation goes? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, we're the most proud of the strategy because it wasn't just something that the, the chief data officer and I developed You know, in a in, in isolation, we worked very closely, you know, with you know our, you know our chief data officers across USDA, like Chris and his team and others and, and other stakeholders to try to make this our collective strategy. So, uh, what we focus on because this is our second strategy, a second three-year strategy, was really building on the successes of the past strategy. Uh, so, you know, in the first one, it was more about getting programs stood up, you know, ensuring that we understood the value of, of data at USDA and really building on that. Now that we have a lot of accomplishments and successes, it was really more about building on that and continuing that level you know, of, of success and maturity. So our strategy really focuses on five core strategic goals, namely focusing on you know, building up our, our data governance and leadership, ensuring that we have a strong data workforce, 
So programs like the USDA Data Science Training Program are really a key spotlight of what we can do, you know, if we work together and, and really, you know, boost everyone uh, together from a workforce perspective. We mentioned uh, our enterprise data platform, so ensuring that we have that on a successful track for maturity and modernization, so we continue staying current and providing that for our data practitioners, providing data, you know, not just uh, to our external partners and the public, that's required under the Evidence Act, but also internal within USDA. How can we ensure that we're sharing data you know, amongst USDA friends? And then last, ensuring that we have analytics for a purpose, that we're really focusing on building that as a, as a skill set and uh, ensuring that we're using the right practices, whether it's the ethical use of data and ensuring that we're having we're sharing t tools and techniques across uh, USDA for, for different purposes. Okay. And Chris, over to you. I imagine there's some overlap there, but what's front of mind for FNS when it comes to that data strategy? FNS, I think like all mission areas here at USDA, we're, we're working with the department. So Freddie and Chris Alvarez's team to, to really achieve our, our shared USDA goals. And for us at FNS, our main focus relates to data management and governance, at least this year. Obviously, the executive order on uh, trustworthy AI and workforce upskilling, the data science training program, uh, which I, as I mentioned, is a, a USDA priority this year. Okay. And I think you guys touched on this a little bit in your introductions, but if you could tell our audience a little bit more about your day-to-day -day roles as both the CDO and deputy CDO, if you could give us a kind of a day-to-day -day or a, a better slice of life, I think that'd be helpful for people to understand. So my role and the role of my team is really to coordinate with the department to ensure that that we're in line with the priorities, the the policies, the strategic initiatives that surround the, the tenets of the Evidence Act, the, the federal data strategy, action plan, obviously USDA's data strategy, and ultimately FNS's. So in terms of how that manifests into what we do, well, you know, we do develop FNS-specific policies around data management and governance. We've focus a lot on agency upskilling with the, the DSTP and other training efforts. And we, we've also become the, the go-to team at FNS to develop data tools for not just our operational divisions, but our programs. And, and that latter piece for us has been become a big part of the work that we do now. Um, you know, we've done we've developed a dozen internal tools and recently just launched a public facing uh, page on our website that, that hosts external dashboards for that we offer the public. But I should add, you know, like most agencies, we're not the only ones doing data work at FNS. There are other players at FNS doing data analysis, building dashboards, working on policies. So we, my team, aligns with them to coordinate the work just so that we're adding value. We're making sure that we're not duplicating effort. Okay. And Freddie, over to you. As a deputy CDO, what's great about being the number two is, you know, there's aspects of my role that are more from, you know, an enabling aspect. So looking at programs like Chris's uh, DSTP, when it was originally just out of his group, how can we, you know, look at initiatives that are born in mission areas and potentially scale them? So, you know, I would say my role is really fun right now in terms of trying to find mm -hmm. where different mission areas are doing something very successful when it comes to data management, data strategy, and execution of our strategy, and, and asking myself the question, is this scalable across USDA? It's proven in one area. Can we scale this up either across the department or even within multiple mission areas? And this includes working closely with other partners that are outside of data 
with our chief technology officer, our USDA digital service group that was recently formed and others to try to find where we have maybe a shared problem uh, that we can work on together to pull resources or there's been a solution to either that or a similar problem that we can apply, you know, to our data landscape. All right. And Freddie, did I hear you're right that there's now a USDA digital service? I'm not familiar with them. Could you explain a little bit more about their role and how they've come into focus here? Absolutely. That's the other part of my role is to help cheerlead other efforts, you know, especially where there's mutual interest. So Arianne Gallagher-Welcher is the executive director of the USDA digital service. Uh, we both sit at the department within the office of the CIO. And right now, one of their main tasks is to focus on the IT workforce. So we're talking today about the data science training program, you know, and we've partnered with her and her group to see where we can find opportunities to really boost up the data and IT workforce together. Where are there opportunities for collaboration and partnership? Where are there opportunities just to pool resources together? And that's one of her priorities is to ensure that we're working closely together on that. And it's one of mine and, and the CDOs as well. But also, where are there other opportunities? They're looking to stand up a, a digital service fellows program to bring in great tech talent into USDA and embed them into mission areas like FNS to try to work on multiple problems. So how can we work together on that to try to boost that? So it's a new office that's been created. Other offices have digital services as well. And we're looking to try to partner together so we can help shape that for the data community as well. All right. Yeah, quite the community that's coming together there. To shift gears here a little bit, I think uh, one thing we're looking back on is five years, if you can believe it, under the Evidence Act, and that was legislation that mandated chief data officers across government. Looking back on all of that, I think one key goal of that legislation was making data a strategic asset across government. Chris, from your perspective, over at FNS, how have you seen the agency deliver on that promise of making data a strategic asset? And where do you see that journey going forward? You know, I, I wish it I could say that it all started when they they hired me. <laughs> but but to be honest, you know, I, I think at FNS has always done this. You know, FNS has been successfully administering major nutrition assistance programs for decades to our citizens. We have a lot of smart people who have been doing this work related to data for, for the same amount of time. What we're trying to do now is evolve under the guidance of the Evidence Act to ensure we do it with an enterprise-wide focus and a commitment to standardization, uh, centralization when it makes sense, uh, and also a focus on integrating the best practices as those best practices evolve around us. And, and my position and the position of my team is situated under the chief operating officer, and it really puts us in a a position to have that enterprise view, to, to look at the data across our, our programs and our operational divisions and be able to connect them to our leaders and identify the questions that they, they want answered from a business perspective and be able to do that. And Freddie, over to you, as far as that, that Evidence Act overarching goal of data as a strategic asset, what do you look back as some of the highlights? I think there's so many. And in our data strategy, I, I think one, one of the struggles that we had was that we had so many successes that we can highlight across multiple mission areas, you know, and at the department of, of how we've been able to use data as a strategic asset and which ones do we want to highlight publicly in our strategy. There's so, you know, there I, I think successes, you know, that are both big and small, but still meaningful to someone. But the one I want to highlight is really, you know, it's a little anecdotal, uh, but still important. Um, we're seeing data being used in key strategic decision making at 
the most senior levels of USDA where questions that are coming up about, you know, whether data is being used to support a decision or not, um, is the data quality there to support that decision, um, and also having uh, our assistant chief data officers, myself and the chief data officer at the table uh, to be part of these these larger discussions about performance, you know, and uh, strategic reviews that are that happen on a quarterly basis. So to me, that just shows that it's permeating. It's not just a, a nice dashboard that's published, but it's actually being used for decision making. And I think that's really the, the spirit of what the Evidence Act um, entails. Obviously, it's been pretty awesome to see some of the wins that CDOs have been making across government, but also recognize that it's it can be a bit of a challenge with some of these data goals here and just the sheer volume of the data that you guys are working with. With that in mind, what do you see as some of the major data-centric challenges you guys are up against, and how are you looking to tackle those challenges? Chris, you can tackle that one first. So generally speaking, FNS is not really unique. <laughs> we're, we're dealing with similar challenges that I'm pretty sure most federal agencies are facing right now from data management, data governance and stewardship, the workforce upskilling, et cetera. One challenge that is really front and center is with artificial intelligence and, and developing the guidance based on not just the, the new executive order, but also the, the guidance coming down from OMB. I think the difference now is that the power of AI and machine learning in general is just top of mind for everyone, both data people and non-data people alike. I, I'm personally a, a very risk-averse person, so I know that FNS really needs to move quickly to ensure that the guardrails are in place and that, that folks here truly understand not, not just the, the power and the opportunity of AI, but the risks of, of utilizing these approaches from not just an equity standpoint, but from a risk mitigation mindset generally. You know, folks are naturally excited and that's awesome. Uh, but I think people in our positions really need to temper that a bit as as we build these guardrails and it, it becomes more ingrained into our processes. All right. And Freddie, is that pretty similar to what you're seeing over at Maine USDA or are there other things that you'd, you'd highlight? Yeah, I definitely want to echo what Chris said. I, I think that some of the problems that we have are not necessarily unique to FNS or, or USDA at large, which in ways um, presents opportunities, which means that we can learn from from other federal agencies, and, and we do. We try to we try to operate, you know, across silos within uh, USDA's mission areas to share some examples of where we may have succeeded in similar efforts. Same with other federal agencies of our size or smaller or larger um, to try to learn is this you know is this solution scalable? But I think uh, some of our challenge is is that when you have a large federal organization like USDA, that's a 100,000 plus employees across multiple agencies is ensuring that we're we're learning from each other and and that be, does become a challenge. So, you know, we're not all we're not all operating at the same pace. So, how can we ensure that we're learning at, but still not slowing people down or speeding people up past their uh, point of competency? So, there's there's some struggles there um when it comes to any type of adoption of uh, whether it's a technology or process or cultural change that we have to just be aware of. Chris, you touched on the notion of artificial intelligence, and that's just a fast-moving arena uh, across government. I know that there's been uh, the administration's executive order in AI, and that there's, generally speaking, a pretty big 
push to uh, get that ball rolling here. If it's not too far afield of what we're talking about, can you just share some some examples of, of what you guys are looking at in terms of the AI space and how that might be a, a potential game changer for you guys? Most of the applications that have been identified to date, some of them sort of cross in the, in the, the realm of robotic process automation, um, but making the obviously the process processes more efficient here. And the other bucket of um, applications is really fraud identification um, in ter- within our programs. And, and those are really the two categories that a, a lot of ideas are. And Freddie, any other AI use cases you're able to share at all? Oh, there, there's so many. <laughs> um, but- <laughs> But I echo what Chris said on fraud identification, and I, I think you know for us, use case generation, you know, is is exciting. There's a there's a lot uh, that's happening in that space. I, I think when we take the you know when we ask the next question of what data can support it, that's where you know our Chris's role, my role, and others you know are going to become even more important to ensure that we have it. So really, what we've been focusing on as we're hearing more use cases is, do we have the data to support that? Is it or is it locked away, you know, in a particular database that maybe not a lot of people have access to or is not easily shared? Those are some of the, the current hindrances that, you know, we do have to consider in order to enable those awesome use cases, whether AI or or for something else. And it's a it's something that doesn't just exist at USDA. That's a problem elsewhere. But it's something that, you know, is top of mind with enabling some of these use cases. I will add this. I so I also lead our USDA-wide advanced analytics community of practice. And within that, there have been a lot of awesome case studies coming out from other mission areas. And I am definitely not an expert. I don't want to speak uh, for them, but like the Forest Service, for instance, that, that's within USDA. And there's a lot of really cool applications related to geospatial predicting, you know, fire control and that sort of thing. There's APHIS, they're, they're, they're tracking animal pathogens um, and trying to you to utilize AI and machine learning for for those applications. So they, there's a lot of really, really cutting edge um, and exciting work that's happened across USDA for sure. That was Chris Rottler, the Chief Data Officer for the Food and Nutrition Service at the Agriculture Department. You also heard from Freddie Diaz, the Deputy Chief Data Officer for USDA. You can find more data coverage as well as more episodes of All About Data on federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Jory Heckman, and thanks for listening to this episode of All About Data. Thanks for listening to All About Data on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your favorite podcast app. Search for All About Data on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. We'll be right back.